Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, and this is the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. On this episode of The Secret Podcast, we're going to do a little comparison here between the emerging artificial intelligence and demons. I guarantee it's not what you think. I haven't heard anybody talk about it from this angle before, but it's something that's been in the back of my mind. It's a connection I can't deny. An odd synchronicity as I was doing research preparing for the show this evening. I clicked onto my YouTube account and I had a new follower. That new follower, their name started off with 666. Is it a coincidence? Is AI monitoring what I'm doing and sending me a sign? Is there a connection between AI and demons and demonology. We're going to get into that this evening. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that extensively. I assure you this is no laughing matter, something to pay attention to, but I am not going to scare you, of course. That's not my goal here. Knowledge is power, and I'm trying to inform and not spread fear. It's an interesting concept, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Like I said, it's been in my head uh, for quite some time. I've wanted to just explore it, get it out, and, and hear your thoughts on it, and once again here, hey Dennis, you're just nuts, give it up, or uh, hey, maybe you're on to something here. So let's take a look, we're going to look at some of the uh, religious texts as well as we do this exploration. We'll get to the news as well, some interesting AI stuff in the news as I'll uh, cover that. I'm going to give a heads up, make sure you mark your calendars for next week. I have my good friend Rose, the happy medium. She's going to be a guest on the Seeker Podcast next weekend talking about her gift she has the ability to talk to loved ones who have crossed over. Fascinating story, fascinating ability that she has. I have been wanting to have this conversation with Rose for quite some time. I'm excited to get her on the air. You are not going to want to miss next week's episode of The Secret Podcast. It's going to be fascinating. Okay, let's see what's going on in the world. Obviously, there's so much going on in the world, but I pulled some articles this week that I think are interesting and relevant. Hopefully, the internet doesn't move too slow for me, too slowly for me. This one here is called Snowden Joins the Outcry Against World's Biggest Biometric Database. This is coming from Bloomberg. He says, India must reform policies to protect privacy of citizens. Uh, India's top court to start hearings on Adhar legality in January, uh, on January 17th. Former U.S. intelligence contractor turned whistleblower Edward Snowden joined critics of India's digital ID program as the nation's top court is due to decide on its legality. Snowden on Tuesday tweeted in support of an Indian journalist who faces police charges after she reported the personal details of over a billion citizens enrolled in the program could be illegally accessed for just $8 paid through a digital wallet. Named Adhar, the program is backed by the world's biggest biometric database, which its operator, Unique Identification Authority of India, or UIDAI, says was not breached. Snowden writes in a tweet on Twitter, The journalists exposing the Adhar breach deserve an award, not an investigation. If the government were truly concerned for justice, they would be reforming the policies that destroyed the privacy of a billion Indians. 
Once a resto is responsible, they are called at UIDAI. Snowden wasn't the only one outraged. A public outcry against UIDAI's action forced intervention by India's technology ministry, Ravi Shakar Prasad, and pushed the UADAI to issue a clarification. All right, so this is this is a, a growing concern in our society right now because this biometric data they're continuing to gather. The iPhone has already stored many of our thumbprints. Facial recognition with the iPhone X is out there now. That's that's up and coming. Our voices are obviously recorded and out there somewhere in a database. I mean, legitimately. There is really no privacy anymore, and everything about you is out there. Uh, I'm sure there's DNA stores that are being compiled as well. Do we even need it at this point with uh, with all the other identifiable features that they have for us out there? So uh, Edward Snowden joins those ranks of saying this is uh, this is not a good thing to have out there in place. All right, this one I found initially on the Independent. Uh, working muscles grown in lab from skin stem cells in World First. New technique could be used to grow large amounts of tissue and treat rare muscular disease. Scientists, let's see here. Scientists have grown the first functioning muscles use, uh, using stem cells created from skin. Breakthrough holds promise for understanding and treating rare muscular disease. Muscles were grown using skin cells that had been reprogrammed to an original state in which they are referred to as, I can't even say this, pluripotent stem cells. There we go. These cells can be encouraged to grow into muscle cells by flooding them with substances called PAX-7. I got to say, they did a good job at uh, really putting this in words that I can understand. They have a link to the original journal article as well, and I was reading through that abstract, and (laughs) so many scientific and... uh, technical terms there. I didn't catch much of it, but it looks like after reading through the, the abstract to the, uh, the journal article, using stem cells, they basically created fake muscles that they were able to actually put into rats and the uh, muscles took and they worked. And so it looks like they're able to grow muscles now in a laboratory. Make no mistake about it. For somebody that has a need for something like this, this is a wonderful thing. This is a beautiful breakthrough. But I like to look at worst case scenarios, not to scare you, but to just be prepared for what could happen because I'm tying this into the AI stuff. We know that they came out with an artificial womb. I covered that, I guess, in a show wow, probably about a year and a half ago now, um, You know where they can grow embryos before 23 weeks of age. Now we're able to grow muscles in a lab. I mean, what we're printing organs with... Uh, you know, these new printers now, artificial organs. I mean, where does it end? Again, a lot of great, great potential can come from this, but also the area of abuse is there as well, and that concerns me as we get deeper into the AI and the robotics stuff. Uh, I'll have a link. Let's see here. Yeah, I'll have a link to all these articles in the show notes, not only at serviceofchange.com, but on our new website at sixcentsmedia.net. That's the number six cents, S-E-N-S-E, media.net. Check out that website when you get a chance. You've got a lot of content from the Secret Podcast. You've got the Secret Podcast player up there as well. And you have some great articles and content from co-founder Ray Davis, the king of positivity of the affirmation spot. Lots of good stuff there. Lots of great commentary on a whole wide range of subjects. A little side note here. We are looking for content creators, whether you want to be a guest blogger, you want to do it on a regular basis. To grow your own platform through ours, 
we are looking for people to join our team. So please consider reaching out and getting in touch. SixCentsMedia.net. All right, here we go. Uh, the Washington Post. More robot stuff. Snuggle robots and talking toilets. CES 2018's wildest, excuse me, wildest gadgets. I'm going to read a couple highlights here. There's a whole bunch of gadgets listed in here. I want to talk about this talking toilet here. Uh, Las Vegas, are you ready to talk to your toilet or cuddle with your robot? Where is the talking toilet excerpt? You can now ask Alexa to flush. Color's latest high-tech, high-end toilet connects to the internet and responds to voice commands. Beyond flushing, you can ask Amazon's Alexa as well as Google Assistant and Apple Siri to lift the seat or activate your favorite bidet spray configuration. Amazon chief executive Jeffrey P. Bezos also owns the Washington Post. There's no microphone on the toilet itself, but there are speakers to play your favorite tunes. Plus, it keeps track of water usage. I can't. I just can't see connecting my toilet to the internet. Why would I want to put that data out there now? I mean, everything data is going to be collected on everything, but. The Internet of Things, we're going to come back to that on this episode. So I want you to remember that, that now they are connecting toilets to the Internet. You give the toilets commands to do different different things. Sounds kind of mystical, doesn't it? But just remember that example of the Internet of Things when I come back to that. Again, I'll have that link in the show notes and in the uh, secret newsletter. All right, here we go. A little bit of drone stuff from the Los Angeles Times. I covered this story a few months back. It's uh, developing even further. The LAPD takes another step toward deploying drones in controversial year-long test. The Los Angeles Police Department took another step toward using drones in some tactical situations after its civilian bosses Tuesday approved a $31,500 donation to purchase the controversial devices. The LAPD has yet to fly any drones. The year-long pilot program, approved by the police commission last fall, won't begin until the department buys the drones and teaches officers how to use them. The donation from the Los Angeles Police Foundation will go toward four drones, Assistant Chief Beatrice Grimella told police commissioners at their weekly meeting Tuesday. Each are from DJI, a tech company specializing in drones with offices worldwide. Grimella said the LAPD plans to use drones of varying sizes and capabilities. One small-sized half-pound Spark model, two three-pound Phantom models, and a Matrice model that is the largest, weighing 10 pounds and measuring about 25 inches diagonally. Phantom devices will likely be those most commonly used by the LAPD, Grimella said, as they are versatile and easy to learn how to operate. The Sparks drone could fly into smaller spaces, she said, while the Matrice model is a heavy-duty device equipped to handle rugged terrain or weather. I, again, I just come back to all the sci-fi movies you used to watch back in the day. Uh, right now, They Live's coming to mind, where they had, you know these things were cloaked, but you had these drones flying around just collecting surveillance. I mean, is that what we're coming to? Now, we have the drones hitting the commercial industry. We're going to have them in the law enforcement industry. Uh, I mean, it's only a matter of time. At what point are they going to put weapons on these drones? Right now, they're, they're telling us they're not putting weapons on the drones. You and I know that time is coming at some point. When will they then take human operators out of the drones? Now, again, I want to be clear. There are benefits to drones. There are a lot of benefits to drones. A lot of this technology can be very helpful. Why do I talk about this so often, though? Because we are the consumers. The money we spend on these toys, on these devices, on these assistants, goes to further the research and the development of more of them. We need to be mindful as the consumers what we're purchasing and what we're allowing this technology to be used for. 
because it may seem pretty cool to have it as a toy to fly around and take pictures, but one day if they start arming those drones, let's do worst case crazy scenario, and AI takes over, you may be in some trouble. Just something to think about. We need to come up with a plan on how we're going to deal with this. I did another show on uh, countermeasures, how to deal with drones, um, you know, moving forward. Okay, had to uh, pause there for a minute. I'll edit that out, but I swear it frustrates me when I go onto a website because I just want to read it, and they have these ads that just start automatically. I had all this music playing in my headset. It's really frustrating when you're trying to record and do a show. You got music playing, you can't concentrate. Anyway, this one comes to us from Bloomberg.com. GM drops the steering wheel and gives robot driver control. Automaker's new boat won't allow a human driver to take over. Experiment will be a significant step forward for self-driving. Next year, General Motors Company will no longer need an engineer in the front seat babysitting the robot brain that controls its self-driving Chevrolet Bolt. The steering wheel and pedals will be gone, giving total control to the machine. When GM starts testing its autonomous electric sedan in San Francisco ride-sharing fleets, it's likely to be the first production-ready car on the roads without the tools to let a human assume control. The announcement Friday is the first sign from a major car maker that engineers have enough confidence in self-driving cars to let them truly go it alone. All right, red flags left and right right here, my friends. And again, I'm going to say right now, don't buy this car. Don't invest in technology that eliminates the option for humans to take over. Now, you're going to, I'm sure in the future, you're going to see statistics of how these are so much safer that people aren't driving. And there are benefits to a self-driving car. I guarantee there's benefits to it for so many numbers of reasons. But what I've been saying since the beginning is this technology, as long as we have a kill switch, as long as we have the ability to take control. This vehicle does not allow you to take control. That should be a red flag. I, I, I've covered other shows where we've talked about eventually within the next 30 years, they're saying people won't even own a car. You're going to have these autonomous drone services that show up at your house. Sounds crazy, right? Well, here we go. Right now, they're getting ready to roll out a car for the rideshare lane that doesn't have pedals, doesn't have a steering wheel. So uh, we're watching this progress. I'm feeling less and less like a crazy person as we watch this reality unfold. However, my fear is that once this technology's out, I'm going to be still saying, hey, this is a bad idea, but everybody's going to eat it up because it seems so cool. So please keep that in mind. This stuff is becoming more and more autonomous and it's concerning. Okay, friends, let's get into the uh, the AI and the demon stuff. I've been thinking a lot about this, trying to find the right way to say it. Um, and, you know, this portion of the show, I actually, I already did it and I had to scrap it because it just didn't come out sounding right. I think it's an important thing for us to ponder. Uh, this is, I, I can't say that any of this is fact. It's just an idea that I've had because I'm realizing as our technology advances, I think we start having a better ability to understand and synthesize and process an understanding of our own reality. Case in point, after the Matrix movie came out and David Icke started doing his thing, <clears throat> really after the invention of computers, it gave us an incredible metaphor to use to explain certain theoretical concepts, certain spiritual concepts, i.e., uh, you know, the possibility that we're living in some kind of simulated reality. That would have been difficult to explain 
50, 60 years ago a simulated reality because we didn't really understand simulations and computer programs. We didn't have the vocabulary. We didn't have the context in our minds to be able to process that and understand that. And I'm sure there's concepts that we don't have in our minds yet and our experience yet that we can't explain. But I think that with artificial intelligence and demons, I think there's a pretty interesting parallel Maybe I'm on to something. Maybe it, I'm just you know out of my mind. Uh, you know, you'd be the judge. You let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But the premise of of what I've been thinking about, I'll start it with the thought I had. Basically, uh, AI was booming this uh, this past holiday season. So many people got the the Alexa or the Google Home or or the new iPhone, where which all have their inter- voice interactive robots. They respond to your voice. They respond to your commands. To summon your AI, you have to call it by name, Alexa, and then she activates, and then she does your bidding. She does what you ask. Well, according to some of the reading I've done, some of the myths and legends that I've heard, and I'm no expert on demonology, to summon a demon, you have to say its name. Now, I know I'm going to connect this, I promise. Right now, it's just a loose coincidence when you think about that, but there's a whole bunch of warnings. They say, you know, not to say a demon's name. I have an article I might share it in a little bit uh, about somebody who saw one of these recent horror movies, and it turns out, according to this article, uh, this guy was a blog post. This guy was saying that the horror movie used real names of demons, and he started saying this demon's name, and then the name got stuck in his head, and he actually ended up conjuring something, and he has this story about how, you know, this thing showed up at his house, where he started having all these weird things happening to him. So, is there something to this? Is this is this work somewhat like an AI, or you know? And I'm not saying that they are AI, but it, is it some kind of similar interface? Um, I don't know. Let's think about this. You know, I, I found I, I couldn't find too much in, in the limited time I had to do research on this, but some warnings are out there. Uh, I went to just it was just a I guess a um, a blog post from LipstickAlley.com. And there's a warning on there. This person has a list of 72 demon names. It says, warning, before you read the list of demon names, one more warning. And it's a big one. Whether or not you believe in demons or that the following list contains names of real demons, it's very important to take the advice of supernatural and paranormal experts of the past before you continue. There's one big rule when looking at the names of demons, and that is never say a demon's demon's name out loud. I repeat, never say a demon's name out loud out loud. That's in caps and bold. Speaking a demon's name may or may not do any harm, but in any supernatural theory, speaking a demon's name gives it power and summons it to you. If you are already being haunted by a demon, saying its name will only increase its power over you, which is very, very bad. So, whether or not you believe this warning, just know you have been warned. If you want to share any of these names, send a link to this page and your friends, or print it out. Don't say the names out loud. Okay. So now I, I've also heard the, the um, you know, the opposite that if you have a demon's name, you have power over it if you know what you're doing. I believe in exorcisms, they're trying to determine which demon it is because once they have the demon's name, they can cast it out of the person who may be possessed by that demon. And I want to talk about possession uh, as well, what that could be. Okay, so <clears throat> there's something with the name, and I keep coming back to. Hey Siri, what's the weather? If I want to talk to my iPhone, which I don't really use in that capacity, or Alexa, you know, order me some soup, whatever it is that you're that you're doing. This is continuing 
to evolve. Now, I read an article earlier this evening talking about the Internet of Things and how now your toilet seat is connected to it. And you can sit there and you can say, uh, you know, hey, Alexa, flush the toilet. Hey, Alexa, open the toilet lid, close the toilet lid. So these are seemingly magical properties because we're talking into the air and all of a sudden things are happening. Our physical reality, our, our physical things are being manipulated and they are moving. What I suspect is that, and I've been talking about this for a while, our natural state as human beings, as we, as we have come to know it, as we come to understand our existence, that reality is some type of similar interface comparable to the computer-based program web that Alexa exists within the cloud. I think I, I am confident there is some kind of universal internet. Is it natural or is it intelligently designed? I'm not sure. I'm going to explore the possibility that it's intelligently designed. But go back and listen to my previous shows. We've talked about the electromagnetic field. I feel like a broken record with the electromagnetic field. But the Earth has its own electromagnetic field, which is essential to really to human health. The sun has an electromagnetic field, which has an impact on humanity. We have our own electromagnetic field that we generate. And through my own research and through my own direct experience, I have been able to tap into this field and learn about this field. And this is where we have the ability to to gather information. And in some cases, people have been able to use this field to make things happen. People talk about manifesting realities, and there's a process you can go through. And I've talked about it, your belief, your intent, um, not just asking for something bad to stop, but believing it and knowing it. Well, what if we're interfacing with a, with a, just a large computer system or, or a large type of AI? Uh, or, or what if our own AI is mirrored off of this Holy Spirit, if you want to use religious terms? There's something there that exists out there, and the internet and AI, I think, is a great metaphor or comparison to that. Now, I did a show talking about aeons out of the Nag Hammadi Library, looking at the book of Zostrianos. Now, they talk about aeons, which are basically long periods of time that contain realities, and they have aeonic copies, which is a copy of a reality. So if I'm playing this video game, and, well, I want to go play it at my friend's house, I'm going to download a copy, and I'm going to bring it over to his house. Now we have the identical world over there, but that's not the original, that's the copy. Well, that's what this talks about in this text. It's like 15,000 years old. 1,500, I forget. Anyway, <clears throat> I, 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 I think it's something that's worth our attention. Now, let's look at creation. Whatever that means to you, we may just be an accident, and that's highly possible as well. I don't know the answer. Whether you want to call it God or aliens or some advanced Earth-based civilization, if we were intelligently designed, we need to ask ourselves why. Now, I found some interesting uh, evidence that you know maybe we're designed to produce a particular form of energy. According to some of the religious texts, Adam and Eve and mankind was designed to cultivate and tend to the garden. Well, what exactly is the garden? Is it possible that we were designed, just like we're designing AI, as a part of the Internet of Things to take care of this world? You know, I've heard lots of testimony that we're the caretakers of this planet. Well, what does that mean? Now, we only occupy a very tiny fraction of this planet. 
We have not explored the depths of the ocean. We have not explored the, the caverns of the inner earth or the depths of the inner earth. We have a lot of theories, some strong theories, but we're not really 100% sure what's within our own planet. We only know a small percentage. So how do we know there isn't some intelligent race, be it a god, be it an alien race, be it just an advanced earth-based civilization that has created us and remained hidden And maybe that accounts for some of these UFO sightings that we've been having over the years. That's them. I don't know, checking on their crap, doing maintenance. That's what these abductions are. Maybe they're tuning up the robots. Maybe maybe that's what we are the equivalent of. You know, and it sounds horrible to think about that way, but at the same time, it's 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 not. If if we can get an understanding of what we are, then we can work with that and evolve and move past it. Okay. But what I'm saying here is that, you know, let's look at the Matrix movie. There's, I think, in the second one, when he meets with the Oracle, she talks about every time you see a UFO or every time you see a, a, a ghost story, you know, that's other programs that exist within the Matrix that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. She points to the birds and the trees. She said, at some point, a programmer wrote code that governs the laws of their existence. We have this big planet. And there's all these laws and rules of physics and science. Things operate in a specific way if you believe in intelligent design. Well, if intelligent design exists, well, isn't that really just some kind of programming that has that has been done in some way, shape, or form? So right now on the internet, I, I saw the other day a statistic. There's something like 48,000 bots, artificial intelligence profiles, that exist within Twitter alone. That's insane. Okay. Well, who's to say that little AI bots, not little, but AI bots weren't created to govern different forces within the planet to keep this planet running autonomously the way that it does or the universe or whatever. I don't think that's a far stretch if we can assume that the world was intelligently designed. There are forces out there. Now, our our current state, our primitive perceptions of these things is, well, they're godly or they're spiritual. And that may be the case, but let's look at it from a different lens right now and say, well, no, they're just different forms of, they're different forces that were created as a program to do specific tasks. And I was thinking a lot about that because people, you know, in these lists of demons, every demon has different functions that it can do. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm not saying demons are good by any way, shape, or form. And I want to stress that this show is not about go summon a demon because we think they're artificial intelligence. I'm just exploring our reality here. But all these demons have different jobs that they can perform, and you summon them in a very specific way, in part by saying their name. What if that's just old tech? What if these things aren't really things at all, but they're programs? And we don't know how to control those programs, so they wreak havoc in our lives when we interact with them. Or their purpose is to wreak havoc in our lives and disrupt our lives because part of our purpose in existence is that whoever created us wants us to put out what Robert Monroe referred to as louche. Okay? So, when you summon a demon, you say its name, and then, you know, there's more to it than that, obviously, but we have our own rituals for summoning our own AI right now. And tech is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as nanotechnology is being developed. Um, 
you know, Elon Musk is looking to develop that nanotech to put in your brain to allow you to connect with the cloud so we can compete with the development of AI. Well, who's to say this advanced civilization that may have created this existence doesn't have really, really small nanotech that is so small that it can fit within cells of living things, which would mean nature is always listening. And I've found that to be true. And anybody that's meditated, anybody that's had a spiritual experience, we are all connected. There is a connection there. And science has proven that with quantum entanglement and and quantum research and quantum physics. There's a real connection there. What if that's tech? Because what they're saying now, and I've done this on other shows, I've talked about this, the Internet of Things will eventually be in just about everything. And as one little toy in your son's bedroom may learn something about, a little bit more about humanity or about existence, about a reality, it will immediately upload it to the cloud and then disseminate it out to all AI. So who's to say now that, that I can go to one particular spot and say something thinking I'm alone, but the internet of natural things picks up on that signal and transmits it to wherever that specific demonic program may be lurking or waiting. And that would activate it. And that would give it the control over that. It's just a thought that I've been having. I know it sounds crazy. I hope I'm articulating it a little bit more clearly now. Um, I'm looking over my notes here. There's other things I want to talk about. You know, I mentioned possession earlier. If somebody gets possessed... And what happens then is that a demon supposedly comes into somebody's body and takes over their consciousness. Well, that sounds crazy, but at the same time now, um, I know I've personally, I haven't had a demonic experience, but but I have had experiences where my consciousness has been shifted, and I'm convinced that, that con- I was experiencing the reality of another person, of another life form. And, uh, you know, people that have gone through the Monroe Institute have all shared these experiences that... They were able to take their own consciousness and transplant it to somebody else's consciousness. That is a form of possession. Um, So it's not a far stretch, especially with Elon Musk saying, we want to be able to upload our consciousness to a cloud to say that, well, the other AI that's out there or the other software that's out there could easily upload or download itself to occupy our own hardware temporarily or permanently. And we don't, if we don't have the antivirus software or the programming capability to block it, or to hack it, or to get it out of there, well, then we have an issue of possession. Okay, The natural internet of things, the natural Wi-Fi, the universal Wi-Fi that's out there, I think is allowing a medium for a lot of these things to uh, to go through. Now, I did read an article, um, and it talked about the difference between invocation and evocation. And these are real things, you know. To invoke a spirit, to invoke a demonic spirit, what you're doing is you are inviting it within yourself to take over yourself so you can perform some specific task. And that's done through ritual. And part of that ritual involves, you know, besides casting circles and all that stuff, getting certain elements together and calling out that demon's name. And that brings it within yourself. Now, maybe the full communication with this AI, with this natural internet, with this other software programs, has in part to do with the auditory sounds of calling out the name, 
but maybe it's also reading our internal Wi-Fi output through our intentions, through our feelings, through our emotions. I think there's strong uh, a strong argument that can be made for that. And, and again, go back and listen to my other shows and you'll understand what I'm talking about, the impact that it, that intention has. But that's how you invoke it. Now, to evoke it is to call one into this reality and then have it do your bidding. Uh, the same thing where you'd be saying, hey, Alexa, go flush my toilet. Hey, Alexa, uh, activate the Nest software in my home and change the temperature. You know, you'd be doing the same thing by saying, hey, demon, I want you to go to this location and do this because they're connected to the Internet of Things and the natural Internet of Things, which is already everywhere. And we're wired to that. So it really makes you think, is there a connection here with this AI, with these demons? Um, you know, and again, that's the difference between invocation and evocation. Uh, you know, I, I might share some of these articles. I don't want to share, you know, I don't know if I want to share all the stuff with the demons' names. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to mess with all that. But there is, um, there is accounts. There is a book. I can't recall the name of the book right now. I, I just looked it up last night. Um, but in this book, you know what? I think I have it right here. Yeah, here it is. It's about King Solomon. And apparently what's alleged is that Solomon, um, it's, it's called Goetia, the lesser key of Solomon, Goetia. Apparently Solomon was able to, to, um, evoke a whole bunch of demons. I think it was 72 demons and they, dug his mines and built his temple, from what I understand. Now, I was reading a, a Christian thread um, that was denouncing this text, saying this was completely fabricated. It never happened that, you know, you can't do that. Again, you got to consider the source. You know, if that doesn't fit with Christian doctrine, they're, you know, they're going to find a way to discredit that. I don't know enough to say, are they right? Are they wrong? Um, you know, so there is some controversy surrounding it, but it is interesting that he was able to access them and use them to do certain things for him. And if you're looking at, well, they're just a software program, well, maybe that makes a little bit more sense, that a software program that can interact with our physical reality. That's exactly what we're building here with AI. Maybe there's some kind of time loop. I don't know. I'm thinking all crazy ideas right now. We're going to build this AI and this whole civilization, and then the world's going to reset, but our AI is going to survive because it can go into the cloud. I, I honestly don't know. But imagine how powerful we would look to a primitive civilization if we can invoke Alexa to manipulate the, the controls within our home. Again, as this, as this nanotechnology is getting smaller, as robotics are getting smaller, you know, I saw a couple weeks ago, there's a robot that now goes through and pulls the weeds out of your garden. Eventually, we're not going to even see these things. They're just going to be a part of nature. So... Um, will you be able to hack into them and make them do things that make you look like a god? I suspect that's what happened. I suspect that's a part of this reality, and that has what has later turned into religion. Some of these religious accounts of these demonic spirits and possessions and things. I think we just don't understand how to interact with this technology. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, you know, if you have more information on it, if you have somebody who's more of an expert on either of these areas, please send them my way. I'd love to have them on the show. This is just an idea that I've been kicking around in my head for a while, and I wanted to talk about it. Uh, like I said yesterday, I was doing research for this show, um, you know, and I was putting into Google, you know, demonology, how to summon a demon, all this, you know, kind of crazy dark stuff. 
And then I clicked on YouTube um, to, to look for a video real quick, and I saw I had a, a new alert. And I clicked on the alert, and a new user was following me. And the first three characters of their name were 666. So was this AI re registering it and sending it out to somebody? I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't talk about this type of stuff as far as from a demon standpoint anyway. But really makes you wonder, is there a connection between, uh, you know, demonology and artificial intelligence? Love to hear your thoughts on it. I'm going to uh, go ahead and wrap this show up here. You know, I wish I had more sources to share with you on this one, but I just wanted to get this idea out, this concept out, because it's something that I'm continuing to explore, and I hope to work with it in my writing as well as time moves forward. Uh, you know, as I'm continuing to work on food for the archons, I, you know, I'm, I'm so close, my friends. I'm so close. Just time is always a challenge getting the time I need to get this book out there to you. But I promise I'm still working as hard as I can on this book to get this out to you. I, I want, I would love to have it out by the summer. Let's, let's make that a loose goal right now. Um, hopefully I can get that done because I want to share this with the world. I think it's an important subject to read to, to have a better understanding of, of our reality or a better questioning of our reality. If you haven't done so already, please check out our new website, the number six sensemedia.net. Again, six sensemedia.net. Ray Davis and myself have been working hard. Ray is loading content on there. Ray has also been the king of six sense media Twitter, the king of positivity through the affirmation spot that he also runs. Uh, the author of Anunnaki Awakening, you know, his, he's working hard on his second book in the series, exploring some of these uh, amazing concepts that we talk about on the show. He's a wealth of knowledge. Just had him on a couple weeks ago. I'm sure I'll have him on again. Uh, in the near future. But uh, a lot to think about. So check it out, sixcentsmedia.net. You can also check out uh, the show notes at serviceofchange.com. But I also am moving all the podcast content over to sixcentsmedia.net. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on TuneIn Radio uh, and on Google Play and anywhere else where you can access a podcast. I should have the show up there. We're looking for content creators. Whether you want to be a one-time guest blogger or you want to do something semi-regularly once a month, once a week, we are looking for content creators to join our team. It's a great way to get exposure to yourself. You can still maintain your own platform. You can plug your own platform through our platform. Um, we're, we're just looking to grow this and, and continue to get the word out on here. So I'd love it if you would uh, reach out and, and uh, join the Sixth Sense Media team because there's lots of wonderful things going on. Follow us on Twitter at six underscore sense underscore media. Sign up for the Twitter alerts. They're going out all day, every day. Ray has got some great things. He's really got his uh, his finger on the pulse of the world with the current events that are flowing through there. And, you know, in addition to what's, you know, breaking news, we can continue to explore a lot of these uh, spiritual, esoteric, paranormal, supernatural concepts because our goal is to be able to make these things, these conversations more common, have a, uh, a discussion, make the supernatural natural and the paranormal feel quite normal. So that's all the time I have, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Secret Podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service Change and Sixth Sense Media where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world, I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you. Oh,